When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies, and today we have a birth story. So if you don't know this, I absolutely love the birth stories from our community because it is a joy and an honor to watch the students move through pregnancy, hear their stories about their birth, and then come back postpartum. It is such a joy. And there are some students that come into the class often and I get to know, and they really enmesh themselves into the community. And today we have one of those. We have Ivana Jurovich. I hope I pronounced that right. She she just brings a smile to my face and really honestly to everybody's face that meets her. Let me tell you a little bit about Ivana. So she was born and raised in Serbia and came to New York to, for grad school, PhD in linguistics. She met a Dutch guy on a flight on her way to a conference. She got married with a pandemic, got pregnant before finishing her PhD, grad school, and teaching her on pause now. And this is something that I had just learned. Before she got pregnant, she was going to train to be a yoga instructor. So maybe that's why Ivana is so near and dear to my heart. So Ivana shares her birth story. And what I absolutely am just tickled by is her description of how magical it felt to her, literally her words. And I feel like in times that we're often hearing traumatic births, because there are many, many traumatic births, and that's a whole nother conversation about how to try to avoid that. It's just so exciting to hear a story that is literally described as magical, because I think that can inspire folks to want that and dream about that and do the best they can to have that. Now, that doesn't mean we all will, but I think when we can hear positive birth stories, it can be very healing for against the ones that we hear that are very traumatic. And maybe if your birth was challenging, hearing Ivana's might help heal that. So I hope this story is inspiring and comforting and supporting all at once. Now, before we get to my conversation with Ivana, just a shout out that we are continuously bumping up our schedule. We've just added another in-person class in the studio on Saturdays. So I haven't added up how many classes that is in person, but we have a lot. So it's about two a day, which is exciting, except on Sundays. Sundays, we just do workshops and we have um, a live stream. So we do still have live streams seven days a week, which I am so proud that we've continued that for folks that are all 
all over the world that come practice with us and add to our community in person and online. So check out our schedule, check out our workshops. Many of them are on demand, so you can take it on your time, on your schedule. And then many of them are in studio. We recently started working with City Births, who provides our childbirth education classes, and Stephanie Heinzler. She has done many of our podcasts as well as she does the lactation and feedback on-demand classes. She is so brilliant and so knowledgeable. Um, So we're just adding and adding to our offerings. So check that out. And then if you're a yoga teacher and you get really excited about working with the perinatal community, head to our website, prenatalyogacenter.com and look at our very intense, very thorough, very fun, very exciting, very evidence-based prenatal yoga teacher training. I think those that want to dive into this work, this this will just add and enrich you. So I'm excited about that. And then the last thing I want to do is thank you. Thank you for being part of our community. And if you haven't yet left a rating or review to support the podcast, please do. It helps others find us. Okay, we're gonna take a super quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Ivana. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, Ivana. How are you? Hi, Deb. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing so well. I, as I mentioned before we started recording, when I looked at my calendar and I saw it was my turn to talk to you today, I was so happy uh, because one, I really enjoyed our time together during prenatal and I'm also dying to hear your birth story. So good times ahead. (laughs) And I am dying to tell you. Yay. All right. So let's back it up. And I want to hear a little bit about you. As I read your bio earlier, I was like, she is fascinating. So just share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm so fascinating. Um, so <laughs> I was I was born and raised in Serbia. Um, I lived a little bit um, around the North and South America for a few years before I settled in New York, where I came to do my PhD in theoretical linguistics. Um, but before I was able to graduate and uh, finish my dissertation, I uh, fell in love, got married, and got pregnant. Um, I met my husband on a plane uh, <laughs> on my way to a conference I love and, that. and it was a couple months before the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, um, we are going to uh, quarantine together because I am not letting this slide. I'm not letting this one go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, before the pandemic was over, we were married and um, a year after that, I got pregnant. Amazing. Oh, and, and I got to meet you that way because you came into class. So exactly. let's so let's jump into a little bit about jumping into your pregnancy and then your birth story. So what did you do to mentally and physically prepare for labor and birth? Because I know you took this very seriously. I did. I took it seriously because for a few years before getting pregnant, I had doubts that I was even going to be able to get through a pregnancy because I had uh, very bad lower back pain and I uh, had physical therapy. I was in and out of physical therapy for years. 
Um, and I was really just worried. So I knew that I really had to be strong and keep active if, if I'm going to get through this. I really thought I was going to fall apart. Um, so, mm. so as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I Googled New York City prenatal yoga and your website came up first. <laughs> so, um, so I started yoga, but then I, I got, you probably remember from all the classes that I had a uh, very bad SI joint pain. Yeah. And that, that was, uh, that was giving me really a lot of concern. So I started physical therapy and, um, when I, I had decided that I was, uh, going to work with a doula. And when I had my first meeting with her, she was like, so Ivana, how do you feel about giving birth? I was like, I have no idea. That's some future Ivana's problem. <laughs> I cannot even imagine giving birth the way I feel right now. That is just like beyond of, uh, what I can conceive right now. So I, uh, I went to physical therapy and, uh, I started doing these exercises more, more diligently than I have ever done anything. Five days a week, abs and all the other exercises. I didn't know that you could get stronger even while you're pregnant. I mm -hmm. didn't know you can strengthen your abs even while your belly is growing. Uh, but that is really what saved me. And not only physically, it also gave me courage that I can actually get through this and that my body can do hard things, mm -hmm. that I can get ready for giving birth and that I can recover uh, after that. So that really gave me a whole new enthusiasm um, to learn about birth, to not, you know, not be scared about finding out what it all entails. And then I jumped into all the resources that were available to me. And basically PYC was the, was the ground zero for that. That's where all of my learning started. Um, and I took a hypnobirthing class and I took, I, I borrowed all the books I could from PYC. And once my, my phone found out that I was pregnant, it was giving me all the appropriate ads. So everything was lining up. And, That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then I, I was just so, so mentally ready just by being, becoming physically ready to do it. It gave you the confidence that seeing yeah. that your body was capable and strong. And I remember in class, I remember your back pain because there was a couple, maybe like a month or so that you couldn't come to class because you're back. Mm -hmm. but when you came back, yeah. like you were committed and really committed to the strengthening, which I appreciated because some folks, you know, that takes work. It's a lot harder for some of our bodies, not everybody to lean into the strengthening than the stretching, you know? So I was really impressed See, with your I commitment. Have... I have uh, hypermobility, which sounds awesome, yeah. but it's terrible. And I knew that strength was my the only thing that I, I that is going to save me, and that's what it did. Uh, I remember all those chair poses in class and really stuff like that. That's what that's what got me through this. Amazing! Oh, I'm so glad that we were able to support you for that. So let's talk a little bit about, I know you wanted a doula. So when you were interviewing and choosing a doula, was there something specific you were looking for in terms of support or was it more about just seeing and speaking to someone and seeing what kind of connection there was? 
It was love at first sight. Oh. I, um, so I decided I wanted a doula because I first learned what a doula was because uh, way back when I uh, first started yoga eight years ago, turned out that my yoga teacher was a doula and she actually worked at PYC. Uh, maybe you, you, you absolutely know her, Hess Kim. <gasps> I didn't know Hess was your doula. Was Hess your doula? Well, Hess was not my doula. Okay. She was my first idea for a doula. And then I looked her up and she was on her second maternity leave. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess not Hess. Um, and then I was procrastinating, figuring things out when I took a class at PYC, not one of the yoga classes, but one of the like education classes. It was the, um, comfortable touch for birth. Oh yeah. With Yiska. And, and I fell in love with Yiska. Well, cause she's fantastic. So and, <laughs> sense. and I just had, I just knew that moment that I had to work with Yiska. So, uh, I was running a little bit late for like scheduling things, but thank universe, the the client that she was talking to uh, had to change plans um, for the month of March, uh, and that slot was open, so she she could uh, take me on. So so Yiska was my doula, and is just in my life forever now. Yeah, she's a um, very special person. So for those that are I'm, listening and they're like, who's this Yiska person? She <laughs> teaches our comforting touch and she is not only an amazing doula, but she's also a massage therapist and an acupuncturist. So she comes with a lot of amazing tools and just a well-rounded, generally wonderful person. Oh yeah, really wonderful. So how did Yiska help you prepare. I love that she asked you about how you, you know, your thoughts on birth. What else did she do to help you prepare? So we talked a lot about what I want and what I fear because her number one thing for me was to get rid of the fear that I've kind of grown, um, about having just being within the, the medical system, mm-hmm. uh, which does a lot of amazing things um, for the humanity, but, um, it also operates in a profit-based world. So it, it kind of, uh, sometimes does not put all of the patient's needs before anything else. So Mm -hmm. I, I had a little bit of, um, I guess anxiety, uh, even though I had chosen to, you know, give birth at a hospital, uh, it was at NYU Langone, the Tish hospital on first half. And um, we just had to work through that, just not thinking that there are enemies in the room, that, you know, doctors are not the the bad people who are there to torture me or to, you know, deny my agency and humanity, um, that, you know, everything can work out and it can work the way I want it to. We just had to tweak the process a little bit. And, what did that look uh, like? Uh, I will tell you. I will tell you every step of uh, of the way it went um, in the in the birth and and uh, in the delivery. Uh, sorry, labor and delivery room. So yeah, let's jump into it. Let's hear your birth story and see how 
you're able to find agency and support. So the floor is yours. Thank you. So I uh, decided to uh, have an induced birth because, uh, well, first of all, because doctors kind of softly push it on you. Um, They like to control things and uh, everything that I said about, you know, profit-based systems. They like to have things on schedule. So um, I was kind of getting ready to be done with, with this pregnancy. And I also crucially wanted to, uh, be familiar with the doctors who will be attending on the day of birth. Uh, more specifically, I wanted to avoid certain other doctors that I got to meet through, okay. uh, being a patient, uh, over there. So I really massively wanted to avoid, um, certain people. So, um, so that was the reason. And I hadn't told anybody other than, of course, my husband and, and Yiska, um, that, that we were on a schedule because I did not want calls. I didn't want texts on that day. I want to be, you know, in present in my own mind. I wanted to spend time with my husband, you know, the last, those last few days and hours of just being the two of us. And uh, I didn't want any additional pressure. So mm-hmm. we went in with an empty uh, car seat <laughs> and a couple of little bags. And that's a really weird feeling to to walk into a hospital like on a, like a scheduled induction with a, and there was another family leaving. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a conveyor belt, but also kind of exciting. But also I have no idea what this is going to be like. Let's do this. Um, I'm just a little nervous. So uh, we came in on a Sunday night, had to wait a little bit. Everything took a few hours to get a room ready for us. Um, And then when they finally put us in, I took a little nap. And that was the last, those were the last minutes of sleep that I was going to get until the baby comes almost 30 hours later. So I, um, the team, the medical team started coming in, paperwork, explaining things, how everything is going to go. I got to talk to them about my birth wishes. And uh, one thing I wanted to note is um, for everybody out there who is pregnant and wants to talk about uh, to their medical team about their birth wishes, if you change, if people change shifts, uh, while you're there, you need to talk to every single shift separately because that information does not get passed around. Mm-hmm. So, so I, or at least it did not in my case. So I, they put me on a bed and you know they started with the prostaglandin pill, mm-hmm. and um, that actually got me dilated enough to skip the Foley bulb. And I was very happy about that. And um, and then the doctor came to check actually how much. And she did a little sweep and that gave me contractions. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I not only get to skip the Foley bulb, maybe I even get to skip Pitocin because this is happening. Like This is getting really painful and they're getting closer together. Maybe I'm just lucky. Maybe I get to subvert the whole, well, the, the most of the process. So I had a wonderful nurse, shout out to Renuka, uh, who said, 
all right, I'm going to delay uh, the start of the Pitocin. Let's see how far we can get you on this. So she, you know, gave had me the birth ball and I did all my yoga exercises to try to move things along. And um, they had me on a clear liquid diet and the nurse was like, you can have a you know small meal. You can eat lightly. So I had my snacks. And uh, so it was really wonderful to have to have such a supportive nurse. And then uh, things actually were not progressing uh, as I had hoped. So I had Yiska come in. Uh, it was already around five o'clock. So we had already been at the hospital since 10 o'clock the previous night. Five o'clock in the afternoon, she comes in and she brings in a whole new energy into the room. It was like an explosion of energy. I My strength was already kind of dwindling and I was um, losing that excitement and passion. And I was like, what is, is this ever going to happen? This is not moving along. It's evening virtually. It was five, but it was dark outside. Um, so Yiska came in with a whole new energy. She was like, all right, let's get the birth ball. Let's get the wireless monitor on this girl. Uh, let's get you moving. Let's get the breast pump to, you know, to do everything to get these contractions, massage, everything, everything, everything um, to get things moving. But unfortunately, that also did not work. And a couple hours goes by and I'm now getting actually worried that I'm going to um, get very, very tired before I ever get dilated enough and that I'm not going to have enough strength to push. Mm -hmm. And doctors are coming in. They're like, all right, it's time to, to break your water. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Why not? Well, I know that once you break my water, that increases the chance of infection. It puts a clock on things. And then if I don't give birth by a certain time, then you're going to send me to C-section. And they're like, okay, Fair enough. Can't, can't argue with that. And I really wanted to avoid C-section. I really wanted to avoid it. And that's when I had a lot of fear. How am I going to do this? And this guy's like, listen, you really don't need um, to have your water broken if you don't want to. You just need contractions. And for that, we have Pitocin. You can, you can just go that way. And I was like, all right, let's set a deadline. If by 11 o'clock, nothing happens, nothing start, gets moving, we're going to do the epidural, do the Pitocin, and you're going to, I'm going to dilate through the night. And then in the morning, I'm going to be ready to push. How does that sound? She's like, yep, that, that sounds good. I don't know if that's how it's going to be, but that sounds good. So. That's kind of how it went, sort of. They still wanted to try to break my water. I was still pushing uh, against that. And finally, they did not uh, do it. And then um, the team came to give me epidural. It was just a little pinch. It was not scary at all, uh, as I had expected. And then around midnight, my water broke. 
And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. This is it. Um, the, the, I don't know if it was the epidural or the Pitocin or my own hormones, but this whole cocktail of chemicals and hormones just gave me this wonderful buzz. I was like, Yiska, I feel in love. Like, I felt like I was in middle school and I was crushing on, like, having my first crush at, I don't know, 12 years old. And I was just so excited. And I'm lying in a dark room. I am like, nothing special is happening. It's, there's no, you know, nothing amazing around me. It's all inside of me. Just not euphoria, but more of like a soft simmer, but very strong. And I was like, what, what is this? She's like, oh yeah, this is hormones. This means that things are working. And then I started shaking and I knew Mm. about shaking but I didn't know how strong it was going to be. It was, it was a lot. And then Yuska was like, uh, I have a trick for you. What's the trick? You stick your tongue out. When you stick your tongue out, the shaking stops. I had no idea. I didn't know that. Really? Oh my gosh. I I love learning things. Okay. Did it work? Yes. It doesn't last (laughs) for a long time. So you have to like, you have to like go back and forth. So that was weird, but Thank God it was a dark room. Pictures? And... Did, like, as soon as you said that, what did I do? I just stick my tongue out. Like, <laughs> I wonder how many listeners are like, stick your tongue out and everyone sticks their tongue out. I did it, but it worked. Absolutely. It doesn't oh stop. God. It doesn't, it doesn't end it forever. It just stops for a few seconds and like, it gives you a break. And then you, know, you can do it as many times as you want. I got to ask Jessica about why, why does that work? Did she explain I, why it worked? Oh, I don't think she knows. I mean, maybe she does, but I did not ask for, or maybe I did. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of things I said or heard during that. She had some good hormones going. All right. You know something? We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back, let's pick up from (laughs) sticking your tongue out. All right. We'll be right back. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Okay, we're back. So we've established that sticking your tongue out can stop the shaking. Um... And yes, that very is scientific. working for yes. you. I know. So, okay, after after you got through that, I'm guessing, you know, that could be a, the shaking could be transition. It could be an effect of the epidural. Let's keep going. So what happened next? Yeah. So it lasted for a few hours and I knew that I needed to get some rest. So between the, you know, shaking and sticking my tongue out, I put in my headphones and I was like, all right, I'm going to do my hypnobirthing meditations and... Uh, like affirmations just to stop my mind from racing and just relax a little bit, if, even if I can't sleep. And Yiska got some very restful sleep on the floor of NYU. It was just glorious. Um, and um, yeah, so finally the 
the, the morning came, sun came out and everything is easier in the morning. It was a beautiful sunny day. And the, you know, the medical team starts coming in and the, the midwife uh, from NYU comes in and she's like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's check you. And I got so used to, you know, saying no to things like don't check me without absolutely being necessary or like don't break my water. I said, no, 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 no. That I had to like look at Yiska and be like, is this okay? She like, she nods. It's like, yeah, yeah, let's see. Let's see what we did this <laughs> from the shaking and sticking the tongue out. And um, the midwife sticks her hand in and I don't feel anything. And, uh, you know, she's feeling things around. She's like. I don't think I feel any cervix and I get worried. What does that mean? That that can't be good, right? I'm, my cervix is supposed to be 10 centimeters dilated, That this surely this can't mean anything good. And I look at Yiska and she is bawling. She's like, oh my God, the baby's ready to come out. That means that you're fully dilated. And that was the most glorious moment in my life. I, I I don't remember anything so beautiful and wonderful and exciting as that moment. And then the preparation starts. The whole medical team, the nurses, the assistants, and everybody, students, everybody's coming in, setting the stage ready, you know, the, the little tables with instruments, and, and there was oil involved. I have no idea that that was involved. Um, the, the, the baby station thing is coming in and I get so worried because I'm starting to feel my contractions and I'm worried that my epidural is wearing off. And I'm like, listen, I know that I had taken hypnobirthing class and I kind of considered going like unmedicated vaginal, but that's not where my mind is at right now. I have not slept in two days I am not mentally prepared in this moment to do this all natural. I need my meds. But like I'm already fully dilated. I this I'm this is it. There, like there's no time to do this, to like up my epidural or whatever. But they do give you that little button that you can push and give mm-hmm. yourself an extra dose every what 20, 30 minutes. So this case like, dude, just press the heck out of that button. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And I do. Um, okay. So sometime, some more time goes by and the doctor finally comes in and she's like, all right, girl, you're ready to like, let's do this. And I'm like, no, but I don't really feel the urge to push it. She's like, listen, you've been dilated for hours now. And apparently there are some, you know, wise guys at the hospital who keep the time and you can't be dilated for more than, I don't know, some number of hours before they actually send you under the knife. So I'm like, okay, okay, I see, I see. I know what, I understand what that means. If I don't push this baby out now, I'm ending up under the knife. And again, it's fine if you want to do that, but I really wanted to avoid that. So I'm like, okay, I don't feel the urge to push. What am I going to do? I don't have a lot of options. I'm going to bluff. I had the wild. 
I have the wireless <laughs> monitor. Okay. I have the wireless monitor on me, and the wireless monitor is great for moving around, but it doesn't get give timely information on the monitor, on, on like on the screen, because it gives you like 20 to 30 second delay about your contractions. So you don't really, you can't really keep track of your contractions on the screen with a wireless monitor. Also, the nurse was pressing my belly. I was pressing my belly to see if my stomach is stiffening due to a contraction. We can't really tell. I have a little bit of upholstery over the abs, so you can't really tell. So I just I just got a bluff. I, I have to fake this. So that's what I do. I decided to fake feeling my contractions and just push. Push like I've never pushed before. Um, it took me a few minutes to figure out how to do it, you know, how to do it with breathing, how to flex abs, how to, you know, get that whole train going. But once I did, uh, it was the best thing in the world. It was like Michael, my husband, the student, a nurse, the doctor, maybe someone else, the doctor's or physician's assistant. I don't know who else. It was a whole team down there cheering for me. I am high on these hormones. And I don't know if I told you, I was a theater kid in middle school and high school. And this was better than any performance, any best premiere in the world. I was like, this is the, I'm so prepared. I am in command. I'm confident this is happening. They're all cheering for me. This is happening. And in the middle of that, like pushing and bearing down, I tell the doctor or tell the whole team really like, oh, you guys know, three months ago, I had a dream that um, I was giving birth and that I could put my hand down and I could feel her head. And the doctor was like, give me your hand. And she puts my hand on her head. And I just melted. And it was much softer than I expected. It was it was almost squishy. It was very delicate and slimy. And then a um, couple, I don't know, minutes later, maybe another push later or something. The doctor's like, so I was like lying on my side, holding my knees next to my ears. Very um, strong, but not very dignified. And doctor's like, put your hands between your legs. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm holding my legs. Like, this is where I need them. No, no, no. Put your hands between your legs. And I push and she hands her to me, like straight into my hands. So yeah, that was, I, I mean, it all sounds just so corny and cheesy, but it really is the most magical feeling in the entire universe. And then they, I bring her up to my chest for a little snuggle, and she's all slimy and gross and lovely and screaming. And I don't know, I guess Michael cut the umbilical cord, but I did not even see that. It was just, just so amazing. Oh, that was, that was beautiful. You had me like I was envisioning the whole thing and what a supportive team. I love that they let you 
push on your side. They let you basically catch your own child. Yeah. That's really, that's really beautiful. Yeah. It was really, really wonderful. So then she's, I'm guessing, on your chest as then the the placenta gets delivered? Mm-hmm. Yes, that happened. And um, here's another thing. So I I didn't know that you have options uh, when, when you're choosing where to give birth in the United States. Uh, so we went with the hospital, and um, I don't think I would have gone anywhere else, um, even if I had known in time, because... I knew that my body is delicate and I, I did not believe that I could do this whole thing by myself without, you know, emergency um, team being there ready because, uh, and that turned out to be really good thing or like good judgment because um, after delivering, I um, had a lot of bleeding. Mm. And they had to stitch up a lot of stuff in there. I tore a little bit, but it was uh, more that some blood vessel down there burst. And uh, like they were stitching me up for like 40 minutes past, uh, uh, you know, after the baby came out. So, yes, the I was there. The placenta came out. Everything was fine. But there was a lot of blood. And the doctor and... A student were there patching things up, and I was just snuggling with my baby. And uh, they, you know, they kept saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, just a little bit more." I did not feel anything. I didn't care. I was not like that. Was the bottom part of the table. I was not interested in anything that's happening down there. You do what you have to do. But I was very glad, in hindsight, that I was there so that they can actually do what they had to. Because, yeah, apparently, you know, something something happened. Can I remark that when you said you're delicate, I've only known you through your pregnancy and some of Mm -hmm. postpartum, but what I saw was actually a very strong person. You had some obstacles of your lower back, which I knew were causing you a lot of problems, but you were so, I don't know if brave, brave is definitely a word, but resourceful and confident and strong huh. about Thank how, you. and so smart about how you moved your body to make sure that you stayed healthy. And throughout your whole birth, you also had that confidence, even in moments where you're like, ah, like, I don't know. I don't look at you and say delicate. I really see <laughs> strong. So I'm not going to argue with what you maybe perceive yourself or feel, but I think you're a very strong, capable person. Thank you so much. And I, I mean, okay. I think both can be true. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> I think maybe because of that, uh, you know, delicateness, I had to strengthen other parts. Yeah. And, okay. and, and, and yeah. And, and, I, and it turns out I did. And honestly, in this pregnancy, more than any other area aspect of my life before. And in the end, when I talked to Yiska after, you know, the first uh, postpartum visit, she, she asked me, so, you know, what's your overall experience? I was like, I loved it. This was great. Despite the fact that, you know, I had to push back against some of the things uh, that the medical team wanted. And she's like, you know what? Maybe 
because you pushed back. Maybe because you took charge of what's going to happen to you because you were informed, you knew what you wanted, and you knew that that's the best for you and your baby Mm. because you pushed back, because you didn't get, you know, trampled over in the machinery of birth business. Those were not exact her words. I'm paraphrasing for the dramatic effect. (laughs) So what kind of support did you think that your dual and husband played during your birth that made a difference in how you managed your labor? I think most of, so I heard this before that, um, you know, if you, if your partner is present for the birth, then like, why would you need a doula? That sometimes can make the the partner even feel a little superfluous, but a doula is a medical professional and your partner is your partner or like medical professional. She's a professional in, in the business of birth, even if it's not medical. And she, she's there to support you and the partner. To me, Yiska was what I needed the most. She was energy. She was warmth. She was um, everything that I didn't learn because it's impossible to learn everything about birth in a few months. She was there to, you know, when, when a doctor or someone else comes in and says, this is what we're going to do. I look at her and then she like nods or she's like, excuse me, give me a minute or give us a minute. Um, she was there to, along my husband, run interference when, you know, doctors come in and say, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be like, Hey, wait a minute, let's have a think. But also to give me the comfort that everything that I told her that I wanted is also what is happening. I was overprepared for this birth, in my opinion. I was, I felt like I was a full-time pregnant lady. I spent a lot of time, as you know, you know, in classes, uh, but then also outside of class, just learning about physiology. And I heard Melissa, Marissa in, I don't know, um, June's, one of the June's podcasts say that mm-hmm. hypnobirthing is the best, um, is the best physiological class on giving birth. And it absolutely is. Um, I learned all of that, but that still uh, might not be enough. And Yiska was there to help me, to guide me, to make sure that I feel that I'm getting the kind of birth that I painted for her when we first talked about it. Mm. That's beautiful. So I want to talk a little bit about community because you really showed up (laughs) as being part of the community. I mean, you you showed up for yourself. You showed up to support everyone. You were always, you know, so enthusiastic and really caring about others. How did community play a role in your pregnancy and in motherhood? Thank you. Um, it's, it was irreplaceable. 
I I say to everybody that PYC was my pregnancy headquarters. <laughs> Basically, every aspect of my pregnancy was is somehow attached to to PYC. I can track it one way or another. Um, uh, even just going to yoga classes um, at PYC enough, by osmosis, you will learn enough about birth. If you just listen to the teacher or if you're like me and then want to stay after class and um, <laughs> pick the brains and experiences of uh, second-time moms, everybody's always more than welcome to uh, more than willing to uh, you know share their birth stories from the first time around and it was really it was actually there that i heard a few stories um of women who gave birth and then um but during the during during labor were just it lasted way too long and they were too tired to push so they ended up in c section i was like okay this is a thing I didn't know that you needed strength. Yeah. Good to know. Mental note. So I, I the, just like listening to that and also all the wonderful experiences at PYC and then basically all of the resources. Um, but at PYC, I also met women who are now my bestest mom friends in the world and Shout out to Deepa Puri and Limor. Um, I I really could not imagine motherhood without them. So it's it can be very uh, lonely being pregnant because a lot of the things are happening in your body and in your mind, and unless your belly is showing, nobody knows that. Or you know you're walking around the streets and your barista doesn't know you're pregnant, and maybe. Maybe you want to shout from the top of your lungs that, you know, there's something really exciting and also really scary happening in your life and you can't. But when you have a community, and that's what I had at PYC, then you have a cohort that is going through very similar things. And it just makes you not feel, makes you just in all that fear. You know, that anxiety that exists, it makes you feel not alone. It makes you feel like everything that you're feeling is okay. And it gives you support because you hear wonderful things, you hear not so wonderful things. And then you see everybody there in class um, pushing through it together, through those fake contractions against the wall. What do, what do you call them? Mock contractions. Mock yes. contractions, yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm visualizing the people that you spoke about. And so for listeners, I do want to paint a picture of something. So I've been doing this for 21 years. And there are pockets of people that come together. And there was a very special pocket of people. You mentioned Limura, Deepa, you, Marissa was there. And... It's Lucy, and it's beautiful to see connections that get made. And a few weeks ago, right at the start of school, I got a text from one of my students, Rachel. She was with us for both her pregnancies. I actually have a picture of her from the studio's Sweet 16 party. And she sent me a picture saying, it was like 10 or 11 
parents and she's like all these babies are in kindergarten and we're still in touch and it's and I'm actually still friends with some of the moms I met at the new mom support group that I went to with my son who's 12 and it's special to see these friendships form Mm -hmm. and these little pockets of friendships that continue to threads through each other's lives and It was really special to watch the bonds you all formed, which is one reason that we do circle time in the beginning. We don't just, you know, start class because I know how it can be. I've seen this. I've experienced it. Being, like you said, being pregnant can be lonely. A lot of people in New York are there as transplants and we need Mm -hmm. to go through this together. It's so Mm -hmm. hard to do it on. And we're not meant to do it on on our own. So. While that was always in my brain, I so appreciate you sharing your experience about how community helped you. And I love all the people you mentioned. So please tell them while I said hi and that they made it into the podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're now just talking about how our babies are falling off of furniture. You know, it's it's it all comes it in stages. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's wonderful to have these stages to share with somebody is going through the same thing as you. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, thinking about, I'm going to kind of combine two questions I asked, I was going to have prepared for you. Lessons Mm -hmm. from early parenthood, as well as one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents. It can be tied together or separated, however you want. However you want to take that kind of paragraph of question. All right, we'll take a quick (laughs) break. We'll be right back. Okay. So we're back. So I guess you can answer this in two ways. One, a lesson that you learned from early parenthood, or you can skip that and just go into one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents. Well, yeah, let's see. I don't know how I'm going to answer it, but let me tell you about uh, one of the first lessons of my, of um, early lessons of parenthood. I, uh, had a difficult journey with breastfeeding and I really wanted to breastfeed and I did everything I possibly could, including three different lactation consultants and seven visits and mm. phrenectomy and those painful stretches in the middle of the night, uh, stretches of the tongue. And, um, yeah, it was it had better days. It had worse days. Um, there were many obstacles on the road. And I had taken that for granted. I had taken breastfeeding for granted when I was pregnant. I was like, this is certainly happening to me. We're doing this. Why would anybody even be worried about it? What do you need lactation consultants for? You just do it. And, um, you know, as Overprepared for birth as I was, I was not so well prepared um, for breastfeeding, and it just was very hard. So my my first lesson, and probably the biggest one, if you can extrapolate it, is that your baby's your child's life is gonna go in ways that you sometimes don't want it to go. And that doesn't mean that it can't be wonderful because once I had a little talk to myself about 
um, is it the end of the world that this breastfeeding thing is going very poorly? Well, it turns out it's not. And we can have a wonderful, happy, healthy child. And it doesn't make me any less good of a mom, um, you know, even, even without it. So there are some things that you're not going to be able to control no matter how hard you try. And you, and that's fine. That's fine. That's life. And it, and you can still have a wonderful relationship, very close relationship, and your baby is going to be great. Like Clyde's. That is, yeah, that's a lot about surrender. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, the, and one tip is, um, I think I heard this on a TED Talk many, many years ago. Over-prepare, then go with the flow. Um, as I said, I over-prepared. You can or don't have to, uh, however you want to, but it's really important to go with the flow and take things as they come. Um, many things you cannot control. The things that you want to control, then do your best, but still, um, you know, epidurals are going to happen or not. The C-sections are going to happen or not. And and that's all good. But none of that um, should determine the relationship that we have, that you have with your baby, because that's ultimately why you're doing this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is beautiful. Ivana, I have so enjoyed reconnecting with you and being a part of your story, just listening to it. I felt like it unfolded in my mind and I could see it. And I'm just honored and thankful that you opened up to share it because I think it's so important for people to hear the love that you had for your experience. So many times we hear negative birth stories and there is a lot of fear around birth because a lot of it's unknown. And I just so appreciate you showing and sharing that deep love and that whole experience. So thank you. Thank you, Deb. It's really been wonderful being a part of PYC community. And uh, I can't wait to go back for two uh, postnatal classes that I promise I will. (laughs) I'll be there. (laughs) Thank you. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.